Today, I want to again wish you a Merry Christmas and celebrate with you Emmanuel, which means that God is with us. God is with us. God's intentions and God's desire when he sent his son into the world was this, to dwell with us. I want to repeat that again. God's intention and God's desire for you and I, and his desire was to dwell with us. This very real presence will be in the midst of our lives. And today I want to ask you just one question. Will you come? Will you come to the very near presence of God now that he's drawn so near to you? I want to show you this video today. I want you to think about this. Will you come? Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. inviting you to come with me to worship him. I'm inviting you to recognize what it means that we're celebrating Emmanuel. It's such a great gift that there's nothing under a Christmas tree or anything in some layaway, nothing in the world that could compare to what God has already given you and I. The reality of us is this. In the beginning, there was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And it was through this word, which is Jesus Christ. He created the world. He created us. The Bible teaches us that the reality of you and I is that we've messed up our lives with sin. We've allowed sin to enter into our lives. And all of us sitting here, if we've lived long enough, we've dealt with regrets. All of us sitting here deal with resentment. All of us here have felt loneliness. All of us have felt what I call the God-shaped hole, an emptiness. 
a lack of satisfaction that screams out, what am I here for? What is the purpose of life? In that whole process of all our darkness and all our issues, I just want you to be aware that we're all in the same boat, including your pastor. This week was such a tough week for me. It seemed like I couldn't focus on the things that I was supposed to focus on. It seems that I was distracted and my devotional time with the Lord was so weak. Felt like I could barely get an ounce of real communication with the Lord. Everything seemed to be tugging at me. It was so busy, so overwhelmed. And as I was preparing this, I was reminded of this reality. I was reminded of the reality that the light that is Jesus Christ, the light of the world, was not overpowered by darkness. John chapter 1, the scripture teaches us this. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. This week for me was a week that felt really dark. Maybe you're going through life and you feel like things are really dark. You come to church and you're trying to worship. You're just trying to fake it till you make it. You're just trying to do the Christmas deal, but you're not really feeling the presence. You don't really know Emmanuel. You're just not really having peace or joy, possibly overwhelmed. You're not alone. But I want you to hear the good news. The good news is that darkness didn't overcome the light. And that word, it says, darkness could not comprehend the light. And it means that when Jesus comes into darkness, there's something that darkness could never do. Darkness can never diminish the light that is Jesus. Darkness can never overpower the light that is Jesus. Darkness can never master the light that is Jesus. Darkness cannot keep you from him because who you are and what you've become or what you've done can never diminish who he is. Because who you are or what you've done can never diminish the reality of who he is. I have enough reasons, skeletons in my closets per se, issues, resentments, that if I stare down at them all day long, there is no way that I can put down my walls. I have my reasons to have walls. But you know what I have greater than reasons to have walls? I have light that overcomes darkness. I have a savior. And what he's saying to you and I is very simply this. Stop focusing on you. Stop focusing on your walls. Stop focusing on your resentments, on your regrets. I came to you when you were like that, by the way. I came to save you in the midst of that reality. And he says to you and I, focus on me. The reality of who we are and what we've done doesn't diminish the fact that he is light. I don't know why you got in the darkness you're in. I don't know how you're, what kind of darkness surrounds you, but I know that there's a Savior that great, that's greater than that darkness today. Isn't that good news today? I want you to know something else. Not only is there a Savior for us in the midst of our darkness, in the midst of our complexities, and in the midst of our walls, but it is His very desire that you would draw near to Him. Do you know that today? It is not anybody else's, but God's desire. It is God's desire. It's the Savior's desire that you and I would draw near to Him. Verse 12 in John chapter 1 says, But as many as received Him, to to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name, who are born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. I want you to hear this today. It is God's will for you to draw near 
to him. Jesus came into this world simply put because he knew you couldn't reach up to him. Jesus came. Again, God came into this world simply put because he knew that you and I could not reach up to him. It was his very burden, his very desire, the very passion of his heart to be at a place where we could reach him. I want you to think about the reality of God because the scripture clearly teaches of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And this beautiful community that existed from eternity's past, right? God lived with his son from eternity's past. There was community. There was fellowship, right? But still, in the midst of that fellowship, God created you and I because he desired intimacy and a relationship with us. Not, he, not that he needs it, but he created us to love us. Do you know that today? Your purpose and place in life is to be parked at a place where you can receive God's love and God's grace and his mercy because you have been made to receive such love. For whoever receives him would be given the right not just to get an A on the exam, not just to make it to heaven, not just to have the favor of God at work, not just to have things, you know, work out the way they want. That's that's superfluous. That doesn't even matter. But to be the children of God. Can you think about that? Can I confess something to you? I seldom know how to be a son. I seldom know how to be a son. Not of a father. Had a hard time understanding that, not having a father present. But then I get saved and I come to this reality that God is father. And that is one of the challenging realities that I got to learn to park and receive the fact that God is father. This is so cool because it doesn't mean that he wants us to work for him, that he wants us to be slaves for him. It doesn't mean it. It means greater than that. It means that he desires to spend time with me and with you. It means that he desires for me to bear his name. He desires for you to bear his name. He wants to bring you along so that you can work with him, even though he doesn't need your help. It is his delight for you to be in close proximity to him. He wants to give us the right to be called the children of God. Do you walk in that today? Because that's better than, that's what you call spiritual chemotherapy. When the Holy Spirit comes in and he says, I'm changing your DNA from condemnation, from liar, from thief, from sinner separated from me, and I am making you my righteousness, my holiness, my purity, my son, my daughter. It is the desire of God. For some reason, we walk around with this idea that we have to reach up to God or we got to get it together before we get to God. And things have to be just right before we worship God. But the reality of the matter, he is here. He is here with your issues. He knows you got issues. If you're alive and well, you got issues. And he loves you. And here's another reality that I want to point out to you. Incredible, radical things happen to those who dare to look past themselves, to look at the Savior and draw close to him. Last verse I'll share with you and we close with this. Verse 14 says, and the word of the word became flesh. And he dwelt among us and beheld his, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only son of the father, full of grace and truth. 
So the Lord Jesus Christ dwelt with his people. And here is John, who in 1 John chapter 1 says, that which we touch, which we held, which we felt, which we embrace, that we witnessed to you. He says, we saw him. We saw him. And can you imagine some of the things that the disciples, uh, you know, some of the things the disciples saw? I mean, they saw people healed, get up from uh, not being able to walk and being able to hear and being able to see after not seeing. They saw miraculous things. They saw a dude that was in the grave for four days. The, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, and he, he came to life. But one of the most glorious scenes is when Jesus reveals his glories to his disciple, right? He reveals his glory to his disciple. And, and the radiance of Jesus shows up, and Moses and Elijah next to him. Can you imagine those boys when they saw that? Moses were like, Right? They saw all that, and we read the gospel, and we're like, man, I wish I lived in those days to see some of those things. But I'm going to tell you this. I think God says, no, I got something greater for you now. See, John 15, Jesus says to his disciples, I'm going, but where I'm going, you cannot go, but it's better for you. Listen to me. It's better for you because when I leave, when I leave, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to you. And I want you to think about that reality because that reality in itself is the reality that we have of Emmanuel, God with us right now. Listen, think about what that means. The greatest person in the universe, God himself, who, by the way, breathed out stars, who spoke the world into existence, who wove you in such a way that your DNA cannot be multiplied or duplicated, right? This incredible God said, it's better for you that I leave, that I may send my Holy Spirit. You think the gospel's full with miracles. Can you imagine what would happen if the church believed what Jesus believed about the Holy Spirit in us? Imagine that. Because that is what God desires for you and I. No matter where you're at, no matter what darkness you feel, no matter what mistakes you've made, that you, because you make a choice not to look at your walls and your issues, that you would look at the Savior, as you do that, that he would fill you with his Holy Spirit. His very presence would do incredible things. You see, the will of God for you is that every day of your life, you would behold his glory. That you would behold his glory. I was talking to a dear brother yesterday who said to me, man, there were some days, Pastor, where the preacher would preach and the music would be playing. And I was a wreck. And I was just weeping. No matter, I'd just come into church and I was just weeping and sobbing and I was broken. It was like everything that God did or said, it was just like, it would just move me. And it reminded me of those days. Those days where God moves you so much, you got the ugly cry, right? You got boogers just <laughs> flying all over. Brother comes up to you, he's like hugging you. He's got Niagara Falls just coming through those two holes. And you're like, come here, man, I love you anyway, bro. Just the glory of God just showing up and moving in us. Let me ask you something. Are you still living there? There's no better place to be. I recognize today I need that. And I recognize that's the desire of God for you and I to behold his glory. Would you stand with me today? Praise God. Emmanuel. I want to speak that over your life today. Emmanuel. 
And I want you to do something that's radical. I want each and every one of you to come up to the altar with me. Everybody, just get up from your seat and come up here. Let's, let's come up here. Hallelujah. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God with us. Right now, if you can with me, just meditate on him. Meditate on Jesus. I want you to think of this reality. There's nothing that needs to keep you away from Emmanuel. You don't have to feel unworthy because even though you and I are unworthy, he makes us worthy. If we believe and call on him, he makes us worthy. I want you to hear today, there is absolutely no darkness, there's absolutely no sin that can overpower the love of God for you. If today you receive him and you draw close to him, and I want you to think about the great extent, the great extent that God went through just to come close to you. That he sent his one and only son, bankrupted heaven, gave his the very best to heaven to draw in close proximity to you. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I don't have a relationship with the Lord. You're saying, I, I don't know what it is to have God be close to me. I know that today I feel far from him, but after hearing what you just said, I want to give my life to him and I want to draw near to him. If that's you, right where you're at, where you raise your hand, right where you're at. You're saying today... I make a decision to put away my walls and draw near to Jesus. If that's you, with everybody here at the altar, just raise your hand right where you're at. Amen. I see your hands. I see your hands. Brothers and sisters, those who are around you raising your hands, just begin to pray for them. Let's pray. Father, right now I thank you, Jesus, for who you are. We draw close to you today. And today as we raise our hands, we say we put down our walls to draw close to you. We put down our walls to draw close to you. We know that you've drawn close to us. And now we say, yes, we're coming to you. We're tired of the darkness that surrounds us. We're tired of beating ourselves up for the sins that we've committed. We're tired and I'm ready for a new year. I'm ready for a new reality, God. And I want that reality to be Emmanuel. God, you with me, you with us. God, I declare that reality over my, my, my brothers and sisters who are up here right now. I declare that reality over your people right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I speak Emmanuel right now. Right now. Father, right now. Maybe you're here today and, you're, and you know that you need the peace of God. The Bible says that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Right now you feel you have an absence of peace in your life. But you raise your hand right where you're at. Let's pray with you. You have an absence of peace and of joy in your life. Okay, brothers and sisters, look around. I want you to just in a godly way on their shoulder, just lay hands. Let's pray right now for those who are raising their hands. The people of God who need peace and joy right now. Lord, right now, you are the Prince of Peace. You are our joy. 
I pray, God, that this season, that you would give us joy. And that you would bring revival in the name of Jesus. Revival over the hearts of your people right now. Revive joy. Bring peace. Oh, we cancel the assignment of the enemy. We cancel anxiety and fear and depression. And we speak peace and life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's sing this song and let's honor God as we are together. Now behold the Lamb, the precious Lamb of God, born into sin that I may live again, the precious Lamb of God. of your grace I can finish this race the precious Lamb of God 